cloudy and minus six in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Courtney Davidson. Alberta's premier tells his United Conservative Party he understands why some are angry with measures he's taken to slow the spread of COVID-19. Jason Kenney delivered a keynote speech at the party's annual general meeting in Calgary yesterday. Pollster Jenna Brown says Kenny's keynote showed a side he doesn't show often. He did sort of express a little bit of humility. He admitted some mistakes were made around COVID. And that's very odd to see this premier admit to a mistake. The rest of Kenny's address focused on his government's achievements and the need to show a united front. Fire crews responding to a two-alarm fire in Coach Hill early this morning. Details coming up, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. I am just in the southwest looking at Bow Trail at Crow Child Trail, where there is a single right lane closure that is ongoing, but right now all lanes are open. And starting at 9 a.m. on Home Road at 32nd Avenue, there will be a southbound road closure. It takes 48 hours to plow Calgary's major roads after a snowfall. Learn how the city's seven-day snow plan keeps everyone moving at calgary.ca slash snow. From the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Vanessa Arate. Emergency crews received multiple calls this morning for a house fire in the city's southwest. Firefighters responded to a home just after 2 a.m. on Coach Hill Road to find it fully engulfed, plus the exterior of a second house on fire. Both suffered extensive damage, making them unfit to return. All occupants were able to exit safely. Officials are investigating to determine the cause. B.C. residents are reacting to gas rationing due to flooding and mudslides. Global's Paul Johnson has more. Most drivers we've spoken with in the Lower Mainland say they get it. This is an extraordinary situation and they intend to do their part by following the restrictions. And next thing you know, you've got uh, people just hoarding, going to different gas stations, filling up. Poor planning. We're not really running out of gas anyway. It's... Uh... It's going to be there, same as all the food's going to be in the stores. and It's embarrassing to see people hoarding everything. But the sight of long lineups at normally quiet gas stations tells a different story. Almost from the moment Victoria announced the restrictions, demand appears to have shot up, raising the possibility that the most immediate threat to the gasoline supply isn't the delivery problem, but panic buying. In Vancouver, Paul Johnson, Global News. Poachers are hard to catch and incidents of leaving wild animals shot and left to waste is becoming a growing problem in the province. Mournville RCMP officer Sheldon Robb came across a bull elk lying dead in a field near Rocky Mountain House when he was hunting. Did a variety of different offenses, one uh, allowing the edible meat of a, a big game animal go to waste. More than likely shooting off a roadway from a vehicle, hunting on land without permission from the owner. Between April 2020 and May 2021, there were 485 poaching cases. So far this fiscal year, there has been 137. Taking a look at sports, three Canadian teams on the ice in the NHL today. The Calgary Flames are taking on the Bruins in Boston. The Flames are coming off a 5-2 win over the Islanders last night. The Toronto Maple Leafs are also playing their second game in as many nights as they are in New York to face the Islanders. 
and the Vancouver Canucks host the visiting Chicago Blackhawks. Brad Gushu is off and running at Canada's Olympic curling trials in Saskatoon. Gushu scored three in the 10th end for a 6-4 victory over Brendan Botcher. Global News, SkyTracker weather, cloudy skies today, looking to climb to 5. Mainly cloudy this evening, relatively warm overnight, our low only down to 2. Monday, skies clearing in the afternoon with a high of 12, then a chance of a few snow showers on Tuesday and 2. It's minus 6 at 9.05, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update is at 9.30. I'm Courtney Davidson. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. It is November the 21st, but man, when you look outside, it sure doesn't feel like it. We haven't had uh, we had that little batch of snow a little while ago, but we're looking like we're just still into fall. <laughs> and uh, plus five today, plus 10 tomorrow. So it gives us a little bit of time to do a little bit of that catch up on a few of those chores that uh, maybe you didn't get to. Like maybe putting up the Christmas lights. I know I got to uh, get out sometime today. We're going to drive my two kids out and we're going to put up some Christmas lights and uh, and and uh, get the festive season going. And also at this time of year, you have the opportunity to apply the wilt proof if you have any of those tender evergreens out in the backyard, like your calorie boxwood or any of the cedars and junipers you could put the wilt proof on you don't have to worry about spruce and pine and that for the most part i think you'll be totally totally okay but with those again my my uh weekly preaching on watering so i would just uh, again with it going to be plus 10 this uh, again tomorrow if you want to get out give everything a little water today um it definitely wouldn't hurt to to give that a little bit and uh and getting quite a few calls the last couple of weeks again on pruning back um a lot of your trees and shrubs and things like that for your flowering shrubs i got one here this morning when is the best time to cut this hydrangea back and it looks like a limelight and uh or if you have a limelight or a quick fire i always leave those till spring and that way you, you let them come up and you start seeing where the green comes out and, and usually about mid-May, they'll start sprouting out their, their new leaves and things. So then I just prune it just above that and I even it up at that point as well. But uh, one thing we're going to do, if you have a bunch of those blooms on your hydrangeas still, some people, if you do those outdoor seasonal pots, those Christmas pots or in your on your front porch or porch pots, they get called all kinds of different things. Um, add two or three of those to your porch pots. Um, just as a little bit of accent with the green color. They actually look really, really good. Um, some white sticks, some birch, uh, red dogwood. Um, we got most of that all in right now. But obviously, and our thoughts are definitely with our neighbors to the west of us in BC. They are dealing with that uh, catastrophic uh, uh little weather event it sort of they said it was some sort of storm that came off the river it was kind of one of those ones similar to what we had i guess uh back in 2013 i guess it was and 
one of those this the perfect storm as they say and all the all the triggers hit at the same time and and so we're all dealing with that on the supply chain issue but from what I understand we're going to have um our greens and that replenish the trucks um loading up today and is going to be through to us <clears throat> he's hoping to be here by monday or tuesday so and uh, so we'll see when we'll keep you posted on that on all of our social media. But again, our thoughts and prayers are, are out with those people out there dealing with that. And uh, hopefully they can get that all straightened out because it's not just the greens we're worried about. We want to make sure <laughs> there's a ton of food and, and all the other stuff that comes from the West Coast. Um, that is, we're dealing with that on a daily basis. So hopefully that uh, happens for them. Getting lots of calls on Christmas trees. I know the the news media and that and some of the things have been um, talking about a Christmas tree shortage. And they, they're definitely going to be on tighter supply. But actually, I'm really, really happy to to say I'm, I'm working with a, a local um, southern BC guy. Um, so we're going to have awesome fresh cut trees. They're arriving tomorrow. And uh, we're on this side of the of the of any of that uh, flooding and that, so um, we'll be getting ours. And that's typically when we get them in this time of year, sort of right where the old Grey Cup date used to be, uh, sort of in this weekend or the next weekend. So we're right on schedule for for trees arriving. And I did see some of the other lots around town just starting to get them. So I know, we, like I said, we've had so many calls, people asking, but it's still pretty early. And we will have them, and we have actually a really good supply. And we were worried about getting some bigger ones in, um, but actually I was able to secure a bunch of uh, trees up to 14, 15 feet. So if you are looking for those taller ones, uh, um, just let us know, and and we can also book those for you and uh, and try to – and I might even be able to get a few more, which uh, – Again, very happy working with a, a local Western Canadian farmer. So, again, very happy about that, that uh, it all worked out for us to be able to work together. And, again, as as normal on this Sunday, we get uh, Jen. She calls us from down at the beautiful greenhouse um, down at Spruce It Up. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, Merle. It is beautiful. It's so <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Yeah, you were off for a few days, so you got a little bit of a surprise <laughs> when you got back. Yes, I know. Jess and Lisa, they covered it all while I was gone. Yeah, all the, the poinsettias came in, the zygo cactus, all the pretty little cypresses, and um, holiday. the holly, holly was in, and winterberry. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah, as I was going to say, I go. Jen's going to Jen's going to have a little surprise when she gets back to work. And, what a surprise, though! You know, honestly, if there's worse things to come back to. <laughs> yeah, those are those are yeah, those are good surprises, eh? Yeah, it was so nice, so nice to see everything in, and thankfully, like you were just mentioning too, with BC. I mean, thankfully, we were able to get some stuff in because. You know, who knows how things are going to go, so it's awesome. Well, the next day, we, would have been, we wouldn't have got our poinsettias and stuff in until later this week, probably, so. Nuts, hey? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. So here we and go. Absolutely. And yeah. um, so you guys had a busy day yesterday. I, we were down there, and people just all kinds of plot, plants and Christmas decor and yes. the greens and yeah. uh, the custom the plots that Chris is doing out there. Yep. Yeah, Chris, uh, <laughs> she, 
I mean, she's just working her butt off, plant after plant after pot after pot. After. And Valerie too. Valerie's her her right hand lady and getting all those things done. It's been it's been nuts. I mean, as soon as Chris puts them out or Val actually puts them out, I see a customer. You know, the very one that I was looking at actually, <laughs> a customer went away with that one, and so it's awesome. They're just going so, quickly, and yeah, they're beautiful. And we'll have a fresh. We got lots and lots of greens coming. Hopefully by uh, like I said Monday or Tuesday. And then I know uh, Carolyn's going to be coming in to back up uh, Chris. She was at home the last week sewing all those gnome hats for our custom gnomes that uh, are so popular at the store. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, So, Chris, Carolyn, and Val will be pumping out the the custom arrangements. And uh, we'll have Christmas trees in this week. So, it yeah. is to kick off to our to our Christmas season, so yeah, um, here we go. Really looking forward to that. Absolutely. And, uh, we go, did you see the new Santa sleigh we got? I did see the new Santa sleigh. Oh my God, that's awesome! How did we yeah. get that, Merle? That's a hundred years old, and Santa. It I is? called him. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he had one. He's he has a few, right? Because he has to go in repairs, and this one he pulled out of the fleet. So I called Santa. Yeah. And I said, Santa, you know, you're coming to visit us on December 11th and 12th. And he goes, yeah, of course, bro, I'm coming. I got you booked in. And uh, <laughs> yeah. so I go, but I need a sleigh, Santa. I need oh. another sleigh. Like, yeah. is there other one? It got uh, it got retired. So we, we needed a new Santa sleigh. So mm-hmm. Santa said, well, it works out great. I'm, I'm retiring one out of the fleet. So we Whoa. sent one down ahead of time. And uh, Look at we're that. set. Look at yeah. that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so I, it's such a magical you, play, Merle. Well, you gotta you gotta know the right people, and I'm very Sounds fortunate like that Santa and I are a little close. And uh, <laughs> but you but you gotta believe. And uh, you so Santa, why did that surprise me? <laughs> <laughs> Not just in the same waist sides. Come on, good for no. <laughs> you, Merle. Good for you. That's yeah. Awesome. So so Santa's. Uh, we're looking forward to that day, and, yeah. and he's gonna have the reindeer down. So, and you'll be able to get your picture with Santa. Um, but with the COVID, um, sort of, we have to follow the protocol. You won't be able to sit right in the sleigh, but you get to stand right, right close to him, right beside the sleigh. And we have a photographer lined up. And I yeah. think we're, I, I'm not too sure if we have spots left, but you can book that on the Eventbrite. I have to check with and, Jeff today. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, so cool. So we have lots of exciting things going on. And actually that day... I think we have Elsa going to be there. Okay. I'm not sure off the top of my head. I have yeah, to ask. About, I heard that. I yeah. heard that rumor. Um, oh, okay. Elsa, Elsa's going to be there for pictures with the kids. And I'm trying to see for the, for the, for the adult ladies, I'm looking at um, possibly getting rip from the, from the show Yellowstone. <laughs> Just, I'm throwing it out there. Um, <laughs> Me off guard with that. I know, sorry, but we we're having. Uh, oh boy, Suzanne and I are working on a, a promotion. Uh, take you to the train station promo. Oh, and uh, of course so, you guys are. So we have the key rings. We have a few things coming in, so oh, everyone loves Suzanne. Yellowstone. Oh, no. yeah, yeah, I know. When Suzanne and I get together, it's kind of crazy. So we're uh, we're we're looking at. Uh, and I, I and I'm, I'm kind of lucky. I got a little bit of a Rolodex, and I'm able. I called Rep, <laughs> and I said, "Rep, we got lots of 
lots of fans of the old Yellowstone show mm-hmm. down here at Spruce It Up. Not that but you have to have some fun too. That's all plants. But so I said, Will you maybe come down on the on the Christmas day and uh, mm-hmm. maybe make an appearance? So wow. I think Rip's gonna be Rip's gonna be there, I'm hoping. So we'll firm that up. You are and connected, you get, Merle. Yeah, so you can okay. get pictures with uh with Rip. With, with Rip. Look out. So, <laughs> Look out! It's all yeah. happening at Spruce. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. We got you covered. As we they got say. you. Covered. <laughs> Anyways. Anyway, uh, um, yeah. Let's get back to plants. Sorry let's get about back that. to plants. I was going to say, and one of the things I wanted to bring up about that, I'd love for people to come on in and check out the poinsettias. We got a couple different ones um, this year as well, and Lisa was pointing out one of the ones that looked like a ketchup chip. <laughs> Which I didn't even think about because they have that soft, light-colored center to the... Yeah. Right? Um, That is another one that's kind of a speckly one that is my favorite. Um, And then we were talking before, I remember last year we brought this up, but the fact that that poinsettias don't... They're not actually toxic to the pets. Everybody gets so worried. Um, Fair enough, because that was something that circulated for a long time and it sounded very scary. But if you have pets or kids, you can still have the poinsettias in your house, it's not going to kill them, but don't eat the whole plant. Um, yeah, yeah right? it might give you a little bit of a upset stomach for sure. Yeah, yeah. But. absolutely. And I mean, I think with pets too, if you're ever unsure, check with your vet. That's what I tell people for any plant. Um, the pets shouldn't be eating your plants anyway. There are some that are toxic, but they're very few and very few that we have here. Um, but if you're ever unsure, just check in with your vet. That's the That's your number one reference. So absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So um, you got uh, some tropicals in, and you guys were were typically doing a, a weekly special. So what what do we have going right now? I think we're running a month long. Are we doing a month long on? Uh, we're doing while well, we're doing on um, all the plants, all the Christmas plants, actually. Um, I, I need yes. Jessica. Yeah, go ahead. No, I, I think we, you guys were, were we talked about doing as part of our 15-year anniversary of coming mm-hmm. up, because this year was our 15th anniversary, so this will be our last big sale, I guess. We're, so all the Christmas plants, poinsettias, zygocactus, are all 15% off. Yep, absolutely. Thanks for bailing me out, because I completely blanked on that one. I forgot that we no were... <laughs> I'm so busy catching up on all the stuff that's going on around here. I, I know that you had messaged that, and I completely blanked, because I'm thinking about all the shipments and stuff, too, that are going on. But yeah, 15% off, 15, 15 year anniversary... Um, and all the colors. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll let, we're going to let Jen get caught back up. And I know. Everything and and I, you got me distracted with the whole rip thing. And I, sorry. I, uh, yeah. I'm it happens. Another train. It yeah. happens. Rip yeah, thanks, on no. another train. I like that. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> all right. So okay. if you want to come down say hi to Jen, see all the Christmas stuff. We have a great, <laughs> great presentation this year our christmas uh, 2021 looks phenomenal it and again does. suzanne and her team have uh, knocked out of the park once again so uh come down and see us and uh <laughs> but right now i'm gonna let jen go and i gotta take a Good break focus. thanks Marla. all right thanks take care, take care. have a Bye. good one jen all right yeah sorry we had a little bit of a shiny object segment there but that's okay we're going to take a quick break and when we return we'll uh Hopefully take some calls and uh, some texts. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's Christmas destination. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open. 403-974-8255. 
and I'm going to go to Les. Good morning, Les. Good morning. How can I help uh, you? You kind of mentioned watering trees this morning briefly. Yeah. But I know it's warming up tomorrow, and I'm wondering, uh, you know, if that's going to help much because I know the rest of this way. Yeah, it, it, when we get this warm weather, when we haven't, so the ground still isn't really frozen, so it's still absorbing water. Okay. So I would definitely recommend uh, if if you haven't watered, um, it doesn't hurt to throw socros out today or tomorrow. Um, mm -hmm. Hose down all your evergreens, like get the uni right. nozzle out, give them a good washing. Yeah. That just gets all the dust, and then all that mm -hmm. water just drips down perfectly on right. the drip line right. of your evergreens. And... It just we're just trying to get some moisture in the ground before freeze right. up, so right. that way next spring it's going to have a little bit of something to right. refoliate first thing. What about the other trees, like fruit trees and that same thing? Absolutely, or? yeah, absolutely, okay. yeah. No, right now any trees and shrubs, even your perennials, yeah. um, like I said, throw the soaker hose out. Okay, um, just water everything in. Just give that little extra, get that uh, top layer frozen. So hopefully it'll stay frozen throughout the winter, and uh, but we're still looking like this week's still going to be pretty decent. So, um, what if you put all we, your hoses away? <laughs> well, I have to unroll them, bring them back out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, right. and that's always the thing, right? Like it's, uh, and you don't want to leave them out because they they get all messed oh, up sure. over the winter yeah, time. Sure. But okay, yeah, it, it it's definitely beneficial because that's when the trees need it the most. Is sort of it, we have yeah. this is our longest stretch, right? We go yeah. it's almost seven months. And yeah. if there's no moisture in there, and if we get a real dry winter, we get that winter desiccation, and it just sucks yeah. the any kind of moisture out of the tree itself. And right. then next spring, when it goes to refoliate, there's just nothing there. So right. a lot of times, that's where you get the small growth, and trees start dying from the top when they just don't have right. enough hydration okay. to get going. Alrighty, sounds good. Okay, thanks a lot. Thanks, Les. Have okay. a good one. Bye. 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 All right, and I'm going to go to Gordon. Good morning, Gordon. Morning, Merle. How are you today? Good. Mark down 13th of February next year because okay. uh, 90 days out from uh, last Monday. Yeah. Remember the weather on Monday? Yeah, we had a lot of fog. Actually, I was able. Actually, I snuck away for a few days. We, I went down golf into uh, Phoenix for a couple of days, so I was able to sneak away just before the Christmas season here. Um, but I did see that. I looked on our uh, on our cameras. I always just check once in, at night just to make sure everything's closed up. And yeah, and uh, it is like holy. Is it ever foggy out? Yeah, it so. was. It was horrendous. Anyway, that is uh, that's one thing. The other thing is, I'm calling about my aloe vera. Okay. And uh, I've had it in the same pot for at least two years, if not three. Yeah. And I uh, yanked it out of its pot about a week or so ago just to see what was happening. And it looks like it's root bound. So I'm just wondering should I uh, transplant it into one size up from what it Absolutely. is? Absolutely. Yeah, I would definitely do that. Elevators, because they multiply too. So it might be a good opportunity if you, if you do pull it out of the pot, you can separate. You probably got a whole bunch of little babies in different sizes in there now. Yeah. 
so you can separate it at that time as well. So you can put them into different pots or go one big pot. I have one huge one in the basement because uh, we have a walkout, so it gets lots of light. Um, it probably has 20 in it. Like I have a, like a 24-inch pot um, yep. full of aloe vera. So absolutely, now's a great time to do that, put into some new soil or just spread, split them apart and, and create a few more if you like. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Remember, have a good one. Thanks, Gordon. February. I put it. I just put it in my phone, so I, I got it on my calendar. All right. Okay. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Gordon. Bye. 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 All right. And I'm going to take a quick break for the news you're listening to. Let's talk gardening on 770 CHQR. It's cloudy and minus six in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Courtney Davidson. Premier Jason Kenney gave his keynote address at the UCP annual general meeting yesterday, speaking to the tensions he's facing within his own party. In his speech, Kenney defended actions to protect the province's health care system during the COVID-19 pandemic, despite the fact that some of those actions caused rifts within party ranks. Two homes suffered extensive damage, making them unfit to return to after a fully engulfed house fire on Coach Hill Road southwest this morning. Crews responded around 2 a.m. All occupants were able to safely evacuate. Many residents of Princeton, B.C. say they have lost everything to flooding while the town remains on evacuation alert. Meanwhile, Environment Canada is warning of another rainstorm due to hit the north coast of B.C. this time, bringing heavy rain to the province for a second weekend in a row. In the forecast, cloudy today, warming up to 5, mainly cloudy this evening, our temperature getting down to 2, and then Monday, skies clearing by afternoon with a high of 12. It's minus 6, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news is at 10. I'm Courtney Davidson. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. Just had a, a caller, didn't want to come on the air, just wanted for some clarification on what Gordon was talking about um, regarding the fog. So typically, um, and I think this came back um, from the like the farmers and, and things that people used to track weather and, and try to predict the weather. So typically what happens 90 days after a heavy fog in that same region, they say you typically will get um, a little bit larger amounts of precipitation. So, and I've tracked it and definitely, I would say more often than not, it does seem to follow it. So, uh, so mark your calendars down as Gord was saying and, uh, down for February 13th. So within a day or two of that range, um, well, let's see if we get, um, some larger amounts of, um, precipitation. So just see what happens. But that was, uh, that's been that's been part of this gardening show for a long time. We've we've talked about it numerous times, and it's always kind of interesting um, to, when you can follow the weather like that and and predict it a little bit, which is which is kind of fun. Again, if you'd like to 
to call in, 403-974-8255. And I do have John on the line. I'm going to go to John. Good morning, John. Hey, How John. Good, good. How can I help you? Uh, just touching base on some pruning. Um, I know this time of year is a good time to be pruning a black knot. Yep. But um, I was also thinking of pruning up some poplars that are um, just, a, you know, the branches are quite low to the ground. They're probably around that oh, inch, two-inch sort of diameter. Yep. Any yep. feelings on pruning those as well? Totally fine right now. Yeah, any dead, damaged, disease. Um, and and things that are in the way when you do you prune it this time of year actually and throughout the winter it actually it's able to heal really quickly over the like in the winter and then first thing in the spring it just it's it's actually a good time to prune just be careful when you get to some of those larger branches especially on poplars they tear really easy so if you try to cut the whole thing off at one one shot like if you go right to the main trunk and try to cut it off Take it off in segments, like divide that big branch into three. So take the top third, work your way towards the trunk. And then just you'll see a little bump near the trunk. And you just want to prune it just on the outside of that bump. And then that way it, it's called collar pruning. And then that way the collar of that is going to be able to heal that nicely and it'll prevent disease and stuff in the future. Oh, thank you very much. If that makes sense. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. And this is the time of year when you want to get out, look at your trees and shrubs and, and any of that dead, damaged disease. Um, and this is where the bark really tells the story on your trees because um, it just if it looks healthy, and I, I always relate it to skin. If a person sort of looks healthy, a lot of them they are, but if you're looking sick, it's same with your tree. The bark will tell you a lot what's going on with your tree. So have a look at all of them right now. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, John. Thanks for the call. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And that is uh, that is one of those ones that uh, over the winter, um, sometimes we forget about our trees and shrubs and and uh, and what, what we do to them and, and what, what we don't do to them. So this time of year is when you can create a lot of good habits for your trees because when we do our pruning, and we do do a lot of pruning, our pruning crews, we keep them going all year round, <clears throat> so they're going to be out there. And a lot of times, if you're if you're structuring your trees, it's really a good time because you can see everything when it's not fully leafed out. Like I know I need to get my laurel leaf willows thinned out in the back, and and same with I have a couple of Schubert's in the front. And very fortunate, we keep on top of it, and a lot of our neighbors do. Um, down here in Cranston as well, where we're almost no black knot at all. Everyone keeps on it right away. So that disenables your trees to stay healthy the more you stay on it like that and just don't let them get away. If you let that black knot get going on you, it can be quite nasty and and create quite a few issues that makes it really hard to recover from. And and then you got all kinds of troubles later on. And I, I just wanted to touch on... Also, animal damage. This is the time of year where we're going to get the deer love coming in. They rut up against the up against the trees and shrubs. The mice are going to start coming in. Rabbits are looking for something to eat. Um, so, I, I recommend we definitely have the wildlife wire. Um, put that. Put three stakes around your tree. 
put a perimeter protective around the trunk of your trees. It makes all the difference. Spray Bobex on your on your evergreens and and your trees and shrubs. It makes all the difference. It tastes really bad. It's a herb based product, but if you get that damage, and I, I know we've had quite a few people coming in with pictures of their trees where the, the, the animals have got on there and shredded the bark, it just they won't recover from that. Um, and if it sits on that, it's just sort of the slow death of your tree. So these little things that you do ahead of time, and, and most neighborhoods now, we all have the rabbits and, and deer are cruising through our neighborhoods. Um, so let's try to live in there together. And uh, without having to 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 wreck all your trees, because it can get quite expensive as well if you're replacing your trees all the time. Until they get bigger and they get the good gnarly bark on them, then they're typically okay. But when they're young for the first 10 years or more, they, they do need that protection if in the urban gardening from the animals as the as they will get in there and cause all kinds of problems for your trees and shrubs. And I believe I'm going to take a break here. And if you want to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening and... I'm going to go to the phone lines, and actually, we're going to chat with, um, actually, I got Brad, the Birdman, on the line. He uh, he texted me and said, hey, we should probably chat about birds, so I'm going to bring Brad on the line. Good morning, Brad. Hey, Merle. How are you? Good, good. So you're you're worried about your little fine-feathered friends, are you? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> nice. You so, to, uh, go ahead. So obviously... And I and I love uh, at Spruce we have the we have the bird feeders on the west side right by the perennial house, and uh, there's always all kinds of different birds there now because they're they're getting used to and a lot less sparrows. We're getting a lot more of the the nice. Well, I, I don't want to. That's nothing against sparrows, but <laughs> you're starting to get some different varieties of birds in there, and it's kind of neat to to see some of the the different birds that stop in for a little snack. And it's always good to see the sparrows, but it's kind of neat to see some of the different varieties as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We had sparrows have uh, gone down. Like you said, for sure. We're getting loads, loads of chickadees. Uh, they seem to come out more in the winter. Like in the summer, I think they're more in the trees eating uh, <clears throat> that sort of stuff. But in the winter, that's uh, not as <clears throat> is easy accessible. So they are at the feeder a lot, but you also get the nuthatches, and then, of course, uh, siskins a little bit. They're more of a summer, but I've noticed them still hanging around. And um, red poles a little bit, which are always nice. they got the red dot on their head. They kind of look like a maybe a little bit of a sparrow, but they have a red dot on their head. And, and then, we have lots of those big uh, – the woodpecker guy comes around quite a bit too. Yeah, we've got the, <clears throat> the downies, the littler guys, and then we have the horries, and then we also have the pelated as well. Pea lady you don't see very often, but the hoary and the uh, and the downy we see a ton of them all the time. Okay, and uh, so what they 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 seem to I see that big uh, woodpecker guy. He's sort of hanging upside down a lot of times, trying to dig in there to get. He likes the bigger peanuts and stuff. Yeah, he does. They like the nuts better, but uh, they won't uh, they won't turn away fresh sunflower seed either. So 
that's what he's doing. He's hanging down because they're smart enough to figure out if they jump on the squirrel-proof feeder, they close the ports so they can't eat either because they're a bigger bird. So yeah. they hang upside down and scoop all the feed out. Yeah. Yeah, they're pretty smart, though. I was wondering, I was thinking why he's doing that. But then, yeah, that's exactly why he's doing that. He yeah. he's, he uh, hangs upside down. He figured it out. If I stand on there, it closes it. Yeah. But if I hang, I hang upside up. down, <laughs> they'll yeah. become innovative. That's good. Yeah, for sure. Um, so so what? In, what's the main reason we, we want to feed right now at this time of year, sort of? Again, yeah, that's, uh, again, with the cooler temperatures, and like you said earlier in your show, we've been so lucky with the weather we've been getting, but it does at night get quite cool. And again, the, the oil content in the seed and whatnot helps keep them warm. It's uh, very important for them. And the other one not to forget is wa- uh, is water. Um, like you've said before on the show too, people think a bird will hit the bird bath and then go fly up in the air, freeze and fall to the ground. Well, they won't do that. They know how cold it is and how much water they need to clean themselves. But the key is for them to have something to drink. So yeah, very, very, and you can important. even go to the pet store. You can yep. get those electric water bowls. Put a couple rocks in there, and uh, and and just sort of so it has something to stand on, and just make sure the water is not two or three inches deep, right? Yeah, hundred percent. That's exactly why you want the rock. So you have a bit of water there, but they can sit on the rock and dip down, get as wet as they like, or drink as much as they want for sure. Actually, it'd be kind of neat if you actually buried one in the ground or just in the just in the bark bolts or something if you had a little a little water bowl like that you could put in there and sort of just hide it and uh and create a little water feature for the for the birds for over the winter time to stop in and uh yeah. and pick one up i know we've been having a hard time getting the bird bath so i know the heated yeah. ones so like i said hit some of the pet stores and you should be able to get um it's uh you can get some of the the heated bird bass of different or different heated water bowls of different sizes. Yeah. Didn't you Merle, like not last year, maybe the year before had your gurgler running all winter and weren't the birds hanging around that? <clears throat> yeah. Had my rock basalt thing going pretty much yeah. all winter until we got to the minus 40 and then it finally froze up. And, uh, and so we weren't able to, uh, to keep it going past that, but it didn't take long. It was two or three weeks later. I was able to get it going again after it thawed out a little bit, but yeah. So I tried to keep that going all winter and, uh, that might be one of my projects today. I got to see if I can get, I had to change mine a little bit this year. So I guess still see if I can, uh, attempt to get that done today and we'll see how that goes yeah, <laughs> and sure. uh, see if, see if Derek's willing to come out and, uh, and give me a hand with uh, moving some rocks, which is always fun on a Sunday. So, um, uh, what type? What so? What's the top five food that you guys want to recommend? I, I'm actually it's probably top two or three, Merle. You want okay. the shell, the shelled sunflower seeds, which is the kernel. So it's just shelled sunflower, and then, like I've said before, you get no waste. Anything that falls to the ground, even the ground feeders, uh, sparrows, and some chickadees as well. We'll eat that clean up off the ground so you don't get any mold or nothing growing down below. When you get millets, millets, especially in the spring and summer, the millet gets thrown to the ground and then the birds try to eat the good stuff. The millet grows. You have a bit of a mess. So kernel's really good. And then, of course, peanuts. We have peanuts in shell. And we soon will have red-skinned peanuts that are already shelled. I just The supplier was out, so I'm trying to get those hopefully this week. And then we have another one. That's called a no mass, no waste. So that's basically shelled peanuts and sunflower kernel together. So you're kind of getting the little songbirds as well as keeping the woodpeckers happy with the peanuts. 
one bird I forgot to talk about too is we get blue jays around here all the time too. <clears throat> yeah. And they love they love the peanuts. So those are your main two. Then we have another one that's a little less expensive, and it has sunflower in it, sunflower with shells, and some millet. So though, that's still a good seed, um, especially for the sparrows. But uh, you do get a little bit of waste. So you're better off to stick with the uh, the kernel or the peanuts, in my opinion. Nice, and and, and like you said, the good thing if you're doing like a and then we have the what we have the chinridge seed, right? Yeah, chinridge. It's a it's an Alberta product, uh, right by Tabor, Alberta. So it's that local by local kind of thing, and it's really top end seed. Like it's grade one, right? Grade A one. So it's really good. There's no very very little waste in it. Like it looks it like looks clean. You look at some sunflower kernels, and you'll see quite a few little black chips that's when they sell it i know and i i take some because i set a few traps for down in my trailer and i grabbed a little scoop a cup full of the nuts out of the one like i had walnuts and looked like all kinds like i said i was almost tempted to to try a few of them and, but <laughs> it was in the in the that's bag good. they're like they look like the stuff you'd get in the christmas mix so yeah that's anyways mix. yeah hazelnuts walnuts um almonds all that that's a really good mix especially for the woodpeckers and the blue jays Stuff like that. They love it. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks, Brad, for calling in. I got to take a break here and uh, and we'll chat later. But uh, go down and see Brad the Birdman's in, in store today. If you need help with any of your bird stuff, he'll be down there to help you out. All right. Thanks, Brad. Yeah. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Rokim. So I had a quick, couple quick questions this regarding the bird segment with Brad. Um, how do I stop the woodpeckers from drilling holes in the house, carport and deck railing, etc.? And I think the wood is rough cut spruce, but not sure. Um, what it is, I, and I'm not sure, and they love the acrylic stucco on a lot of the new houses. They go in and just poke holes. So some of the um, things I've seen where people have some success is putting up one of those bobbly head owls as a deterrent. Um, some of the predator stickers around the house um, definitely help, but the owl is one of them. And some of them have that the flickering tape um, that kind of scares them away. There's a few things like that that you can try. Um, I've seen people hang CDs, the old CDs that we don't seem to need anymore. So if you have any of those bad CDs that you don't want to listen to anymore, you can hang those outside and they sort of spin around in the wood, just tie some fishing line through the middle and you can hang those. That uh, I've heard helps quite a bit, but one of the best ones is the owl. And I, I do I do know we have those in stock down at Spruce if you're if you're looking for a predator owl to to help out with that kind of thing. And I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to go to James. Good morning, James. Hey, Merle. How are you this morning? Good, good. How can I help good. you? I know you've told uh, people to cut down their Cotone asters. I, I got a question about mine. I uh, it was about, about 30 years old, and I cut it down. It was about seven feet tall, and it had some dead spots. So yep. I cut it down to about 12, 18 inches, and it came back pretty good in the uh, in the summer. Should I take it down to three or four inches like I think you recommended? Uh, I, I would because you're going to have a lot of that dead wood in there, even at the 12. You're probably going to still have scale 
and yeah. some of that, and you're kind of creating a, a, a weaker link there. So okay. I, I prefer to take it right down um, to the ground, and and now is a good time. You can do it now. Do okay. a good cleanup, and then when it gets about six eight inches high, about July, maybe a little bit earlier, um, you're going to get a lot of growth because you have a good root system in there. Um, yeah. Ensure that you water it really well in the spring. Give it a really good shot of fertilizer, like a twenty 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 or something like that. Give it okay. a couple times, um, but. When it's leafed out in that 8 to 12 inches high, just give it a good spray of pure spray green kind of once a season in that beginning of July time frame. And that's typically when the scale is is in the flying stage. And then yep. we can try and keep that under control a little bit better. But you'll see a big difference. Um, put some bark mulch down, hold the moisture, soak your hose on there, and give it a fertilizer sort of once a month um, up until the end of July. And uh, you'll see a big difference in your hedge. Awesome. Okay. Perfect. All righty. Thanks. Thanks, James. Bye-bye. And those, it's one of those ones where people are always a little scared to do um, because it, it, it's sort of that dramatic pruning. But we call it rejuvenation. And a lot of your trees and shrubs, well, not necessarily trees, sorry, but your shrubs will benefit from this, like nine barks, cotoneasters, spireas. Um, a lot of the shrubs will recover really nicely, and they're not going to waste all that energy um, trying to rejuvenate its old wood, dead wood, trying to push life into it. All that good energy is going to go right into brand new growth, and you'll see a big, big difference. So I would definitely look at doing that, and uh, if you have any of those really bad looking hedges and 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 there's quite a bit of it especially in some of the older areas here in calgary so i would definitely look at uh, cleaning that up um and if you'd like to join me after the break phone lines are wide open 403-974-8255 i'm going to take a quick break for the news you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr It's cloudy and minus 6 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Courtney Davidson. Premier Jason Kenney acknowledged tensions within his United Conservative Party during his keynote address yesterday while the UCP president pleaded with members to remain united under the camp's banner. Global's Carolyn Curry DiCastillo has more. The UCP AGM is the party's first in-person convention in two years, and it comes while Premier Jason Kenney is facing attacks from members of his own party. Newly elected party president Cynthia Moore cautioned the crowd on Saturday that some members are focusing on what divides the party and dwelling on differences. Kenney confronted party tensions in his speech, acknowledging that many in the crowd are angry at him for introducing COVID-19 restrictions, but he said they were necessary to protect Alberta's health system, which was on the brink of collapse. The rest of Kenney's keynote address focused on his government's achievements and the need to resolve internal differences internally. Former Wild Rose Party leader Brian Jean was at the AGM. He plans to run again for the UCP. He says Kenny can deliver a good speech, but he says the Premier's lost the trust of many caucus members and of Albertans. On Friday, a motion that would have made it more difficult to hold an earlier review of Kenny's leadership failed. 22 UCP constituency associations have signed a letter to the party executive calling for an earlier vote. The Premier will address the media at the AGM on Sunday afternoon. Carolyn Curry de Castillo, Global News. 
Two homes have been destroyed after emergency crews received multiple calls for a house fire in the city's southwest. Firefighters responded to a home just after 2 a.m. on Coach Hill Road to find it fully engulfed, plus the exterior of a second house on fire. All occupants were able to safely self-evacuate before crews arrived. Both homes suffered extensive damage, making them unfit to return to, and a third home suffered damage to the exterior. Officials are on scene investigating to determine the cause. BC's public safety minister is asking residents to follow new restrictions limiting residents who aren't essential workers to 30 litres of fuel per gas station visit. Mike Farnworth says people should not be hoarding gas as the new restrictions will be ending on December 1st. He says reports of gasoline hoarding are disappointing, adding that residents need to stay home if possible and not travel. The COVID-19 pandemic may be showing signs of winding down, but a lot of people still aren't taking any chances when it comes to organizing major events. One Calgary couple said, I do, in front of a dozen of guests at Waves Coffee Shop on 17th Ave, where they first met instead of jetting off to their destination wedding. Calgarians Elizabeth Palmer and Cameron Nobles tied the knot on Saturday. If it wasn't for COVID, um, we would be in Jamaica. Um, that's where I'm from. My family is there. And um, we would have had it at one of the resorts. Everything going on with COVID restrictions and stuff nowadays, it's a little trickier to have a larger venue. And we thought, yeah. what better place than the very first place we met? Current public health restrictions limit indoor wedding ceremonies up to 50 people or 50% of fire code occupancy, whichever is less. Taking a look at sports, the Calgary Flames conclude a seven-game road trip in Boston tonight. It's been a pretty good trip for the Flames so far with just one loss in regulation. They're a point behind the Edmonton Oilers who topped the NHL's Western Conference. Elsewhere, the Toronto Maple Leafs face the New York Islanders in the new UBS Arena and the Vancouver Canucks are home to the Chicago Blackhawks. The second day of Canada's Olympic curling trials is underway in Saskatoon. Rachel Holman and reigning Canadian champion Carrie Anderson are trying to bounce back from yesterday's losses in this morning's draw. The men's and women's winners next Sunday will wear the Maple Leaf in team curling in February's Winter Olympics in Beijing. Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson won't be playing in today's game against the Chicago Bears due to an illness. And he's not the only quarterback who's been declared inactive for the early games. Detroit's Jared Goff won't play against the Cleveland Browns as he deals with an oblique injury. In the forecast, cloudy today, warming up to 5, mainly cloudy this evening, down to 2 overnight, and then skies clearing Monday afternoon with a high of 12. It's Minus six at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Courtney Davidson. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. Got a couple of texts here I'm going to read as well. <clears throat> one quick one. Hi, I had to cut off the top third of sev- of a several big spruce that were starting to cast a shadow over his solar panels in the winter. Do you have any recommendation for treating the top <clears throat> of the trunk? For the most part, your spruce will be fine. They'll 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 leak out some sap that will heal it over. The only thing is, once you do that, 
it's going to be something you're going to have to continue to to get up every couple of years and just and trim them down again. Any of the new growth that comes up because otherwise it's going to send up three or four liters, and that creates a weak spot in your in your spruce trees. And uh, so if you let it go another ten feet past there, that becomes a quite a dangerous um, spot on the tree because it can snap off. And if it, if you let the tree get quite a bit bigger, it'll cause you lots of issues. So it's just once you start that type of pruning to keep them restrained or keep them um, height restriction at a certain height on your tree, it's something you're going to have to really keep up. Um, it's probably every year, every other year when you see the new growth, you're going to have to get up and cut those off. But don't seal them off with anything. The sap itself will, will deal with that, and uh, it'll be totally fine. And... I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to Sylvie. Good morning, Sylvie. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How are you doing? I'm not bad. I Look, um, oh, hold on. Yeah, it took me forever to for, remember the name of my plant. I sent you a picture of it. Yeah, I it, got it. it. That you're, you're definitely, <laughs> yeah. And it's definitely, it's ready to be transplanted. You have roots coming out of there like crazy, so, which is yeah, great. Yeah, it's and happy, you got, though. Yeah, absolutely. No, you got good growth on it. Um, it. It is ready. You can trim off some of those roots if you want, but if you want to leave them, they're totally fine. It looks, like I said, it looks totally happy. Um, just on those couple leaves that look a little bit dirty, if you just want to dip into a little bit of tea or something like that, you can just dip a, a nice soft cloth and the, that'll tidy those leaves up really nicely. So. Um, okay, just get rid and of any of that where, residue. Where, it's true. I'm, I'm, I'm out east, you know, so it's hard to find the, 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 uh, the right potting uh, material. Yeah, so it, how far east are you? Because um, <laughs> we, we sell the orchid bark and stuff like that at, at the store, and most of the oh, garden centers should. can you mail should... that to me? Um, how far away are you? I'm in eastern Ontario. Oh, well. Um, you you can we can if there, if there's any local garden centers there. Um, I haven't look everybody. I, they sell orchids like crazy. Okay, at the, at the grocery stores. Yeah. Yeah. But nobody has the potting stuff. Yeah, we could definitely send some out to you. We just have to figure out um, get your address to that. So if you want to send an email to our store. Um, and I'll, I'll, we'll definitely get you set up with something. We'll get something mailed out to you. What's your email? It's a, if you go to info at s i u g c dot c a s i u g c dot c a s i u g c dot c a. Yep, spruce it up garden center dot c a. It's just an spruce acronym it up for garden our garden center. Okay, perfect. I yeah. Have so send me an email with your your name and address and everything, and uh, well, we can myself or one of that'd be fantastic. And absolutely. Yeah, because uh, oh, can I have just one more little question? Yeah, of course. I bought I bought a baby blue spruce for, that I planted outside. Okay. Uh, uh, Mister Google said that uh, the, that winter is the time to to plant these these guys. And they, again, at the grocery store, they were selling them like crazy. And so I planted it, and you mentioned to put water, but I, I will put more water. But um, I was wondering, is, would it be a good thing to put some hay on top, like, you know, to, to, to put no, a little your blanket? Spruce tree, your, your spruce tree should be totally fine. I, I wouldn't worry about that. It just needs to... Um, just make sure you water and make sure you don't plant it too deep 
Um, they like to, whenever I plant a spruce tree, I always leave it up an inch or so or a half inch out of the soil and sort of mound up to it. They don't like to be buried too deep. Um, okay. So if you do that, you should have no issues. This watered in really well. You can put a little bit of bark mulch around the roots and that just to keep it frozen for the winter. And, and then you should be totally fine. To keep it frozen? Yeah, like over the winter time, like it, the ground will freeze, and you kind of want that. And even in Ontario, like it just, you guys usually get snow cover, and it typically will stay for most of the winter, right? Oh, it'll be, we won't see the tree anymore. Yep, yeah, so that's perfect. It'll be insulated underneath there, so that'll be perfect. And next spring, it should be totally fine. All right. Well, thank you very much. All righty. Well, thanks for calling and thanks for listening all the way from Ontario. No, I always listen to Alberta. Always. Awesome. All right. You just got (laughs) to talk to more of your people out there. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Love that. And I got a couple other texts. Um, What is – actually, I got a picture of a spruce tree. It says, my bark is peeling off. Is it sick? It's not. It's just getting a little bit older, and then as as it gets old, it'll peel some bark off. Um, Really quite normal. Um, Just ensure that it's getting lots of water. Um, And when your grass is dead underneath there, I would almost just cut some of that out, make a nice edge on it, put bark mulch underneath there. (laughs) There's no sense um, trying to fight it with the grass. And if you, if you do that, you shouldn't, uh, you should have be a lot happier and the spruce tree will be happier as well. So just, just give it some good water. That looks like it might even be, um, a, a white spruce or, or, you know, it's a, it's a definitely a blue spruce, but that peeling is, is typically quite normal. So you'll be totally fine on that. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open. You can call me at 403 nine seven four eight two five five and i got a couple another question here how do i get a christmas cactus to flower the main thing is um mine's just blooming like crazy right now it's a um there's three varieties of the of the cactus that look very similar like that of the zygos um and you'll have the thanksgiving one it'll have a little bit more pointy um, leaves and then you have the true Christmas and it, it's a lot more round at the end it's almost the shape of your fingers sort of thing and the main thing is is just keep it in a room that gets the light normal like um, you don't want to have it under a grow light and you want it because it, it, it gets triggered off of the the natural rotation of the sun so when when the when the days start shortening that triggers the thanksgiving cactus which i have right now it's blooming like crazy and you can also feed it with 15 30 15 that makes all the difference you gotta get some phosphorus in there but the main thing is try and have it in a room where it gets the natural light cycle where there's not lights on um throughout the night and that on it if you have a have it in a room where typically it gets dark at the sort of when the sun's going down and it's that room that doesn't get light where you're not up till midnight watching tv with all the lights on because that'll help um that'll stop the trigger point of your christmas cactus or any of those plants to do that so it's really triggered by light 
is is the best thing and then obviously fertilize with a 15 30 15 um that definitely helps put that into into trigger mode but the main thing is you need to get the light cycle so hopefully that helps and if you'd like to join me phone lines are wide open 403-974-8255 i'm going to take a quick break you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And again, if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open. And this is the talk and text line. Um, it's 403-974-8255. And I'm going to go to the phone lines. And I got Thomas on the line. Good morning, Thomas. Good morning. <clears throat> I was just wondering, because it's been so dry... Um, is it too late in the season to give water to, say, some of the trees? And I have some blueberry plants in the backyard as well. It's still, I know the soil is really dry. Absolutely. Right now, is uh, I mentioned it a couple times, and uh, it's definitely this time of year, um, whenever if you can get out and, and add some water before we get that totally frozen, uh, makes a huge difference, Thomas. So um, you all your trees, shrubs, perennials, um, give them a really good, I just like to throw the soak rose out there for a couple hours, um, soak that in, get, uh, get it nice and frozen in for winter. And if you, if you're not using bark mulch in certain areas, it's, it's nice to, to be able to cover it up with bark mulch. It makes all the difference too. holds that moisture in there, um, keeps everything frozen over the winter and, uh, prevents a lot of that winter desiccation for sure. Yeah. I was hoping to get out there to do that today. Can I throw a curveball at you? Um, Absolutely. <laughs> do you, are you a are you a believer in global warming? Because I I've been doing a lot of reading on it, and then I'm thinking if it gets much worse, because I've noticed it's really dry in Calgary, and Cal- Calgary has had a history, a long history, for uh, some very dry uh, years, and I think it's going to get significantly worse. I, I think there's a good chance that we could lose a lot of the trees because of lack of moisture in the soil due to global warming, you know, things becoming drier and drier. What's your take on that? Well, my take is I'm not a true, I guess I'm not a global alarmist or, or I, I do believe in cycles because I do look back in time and we, we our earth has definitely gone through these drought cycles and, and it seems to go on sort of every 20 years or whatever cycle it is. So, I, I do believe we it's we're definitely into a drier cycle right now, and it seems to be going that way. So anything we can do to help it along, and and by using bark mulch, proper watering definitely makes all the difference. So, um, I, and I do believe that, and I did mention last week. I, I think like in Canada, we we're we're doing a lot more than what we get credit for like in all of our industries and, and us as people, um, I think um, we should be applauded and sometimes we get smacked down more than we, sh- than we should. I think Canada has done a great job, especially, in, and I see it in our city. And, and uh, But I, I think a lot of it is the trees and shrubs is a lot of the practices as well. And the, I think the city needs to do a lot better job on what they plant, where they plant, 
and and that would prevent a, a lot of the the problems that we do see in the canopy of our tree. Like I see some things that I just shake my head at planting trees in a six foot meridian down the center of a road in in between two two lanes of asphalt. It just it just it makes zero sense to me without any kind of irrigation and and that. So there's some things that I would definitely do a lot different. Um, but I I think. Yeah, the global warming is something we all got to pay attention to, and and the different cycles, and and paying attention to to what our Earth is telling us at different times of uh, as the generations go through. So, I, I I believe in Mother Nature a little bit more. I think it recovers and and it looks after itself pretty good. But we have to definitely what we can do to help it. We don't need to abuse it for sure. One of the things I'd like to see the city do is plant a lot more trees. One of the things they're suggesting is that if we plant more trees, that would help uh, with the, the very high temperatures. And I'd like to see the, the, the numbers of trees that the city plants yep. in the parks significantly increased. And in, in your particular industry, I think tree planting would make a huge difference. I think it, it helps provide shade Absolutely. and helps keep, it keeps the city cool. Yeah, and it takes in a lot of the trees, use up a lot of the carbon, and they need the carbon yep. to survive. They do better. I 100% agree. It's just they've done it in the wrong. They don't have the maintenance budget to go with it, and they just plant trees for the sake of planting them, and that's where it's wrong. I see it, like I said, and I, I think Calgary's rated really low on our tree canopy when I go to other cities, even if you go south just to Okotoks. They have bark mulch around most of their trees, like this a lot healthier tree stands. And Calgary has gotten better just west of Spruce It Up um, in a community called Belmont and in that area. And there, they've done a really good job. I, I, I will applaud those guys when I see it. The trees are spaced properly. They're putting the proper trees in the narrower areas and not just planting them for the sake of planting them. And that's unfortunately what happened when they got that YYC tree money. Um, after our, our snow timber, they were just planting trees for the sake of planting them with no with no maintenance plan to follow up. So so many trees were planted, and I would say close to fifty percent died. Like it's yeah. it's it's it, it's scary. And I know uh, like when Diane Collier was our older person in our area. I went around with her and showed her, and she really took it to heart, and w and we were working on some stuff. So I'm going to work with the new councilman in our area and 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 bring to light, and I've definitely offered my time. I don't want to make no money on it. I'll, I'll offer my time and consult and, and give advice on those kind of things because I, I think it's important, and it, it really makes a difference when you come into a city when you have a nice, healthy tree stand and your canopy looks good, it just makes the whole city looks good. If you drive in and you see a bunch of dead trees, we look like we're like we're decimated. And I, I just don't think it's a great look for our city. And and a lot of it could be prevented with proper planning. And and I I hope that they're on the right track. And from what I hear, it's definitely on in the radar. So hopefully they can continue that. And with the new mayor, with her or climate uh, emergency. Th these are some of the things that they really need to look at, that practical things that we can do to fix it, not just yeah, talk they, about it. So They planted eight trees across the street in the park, and I, I've been watering them through the hot hot summer to try to ensure that they survive. And and they got encouraged that, but they eliminated the, the tree adoption program, right? Where yeah. It, and those kind of things where people were volunteered to set the sprinklers or water, 
but they canceled it and and sometimes and I have I, I don't want to get into political stuff but it becomes a political issue and and things like that that you're taking a job away from somebody which well no you're just trying to do something good as a Calgary citizen is helping the trees out and I don't think that should be looked upon poorly and that's I think if we do that as a community it, it's awesome so I, yeah. I definitely have some opinions on this and and I, I think a lot of it could be done a lot better and a lot of money um, could be saved um, in that and, and not mowing every freeway um, that we, we spend hundreds and thousands of dollars on mowing grass that doesn't need to be mowed if you let it grow nice it looks way better sort of get that golf course look where you mow the perimeters yeah. that holds the moisture in let mother nature look after itself a bit where it's a it's a powerful beast that mother so uh i think we need to let it help us along a lot more than we do we try to to interfere good and bad sometimes way too much so yeah i think planting in, trees would go a long way with <clears throat> the mayor's emergency uh global warming concept and uh but not only that but it would be like a double-edged sword it would also uh serve to beautify the city absolutely but we got to have the maintenance behind it and they got to plant absolutely. them in the right spot they got to have a plan and not just planting them for the sake of planting them and that's what happened in the past and 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 that that doesn't work and we've seen it numerous times and and like i said i i've uh We've had some group chats with the city, and I hope that continues on with this because council has changed so much with a lot of new faces. I'm yeah. hoping I can get in and chat with some of them and and definitely volunteer all my time to that. I, I wouldn't want to charge anything. I'll just because I want to see a great canopy. Like I love it. I travel lots, and when I go into cities, I see good, bad, and when the city looks beautiful with beautiful trees it just adds to it makes people feel better so i just uh i'd love to be able to help contribute to that as much as we can as well so absolutely all right okay. well thanks thomas i appreciate thank that you. and uh let's see what we can do to help out all right absolutely thank you so much take bye -bye. care bye-bye all right i'm gonna take a quick break if you'd like to join me phone lines are wide open 403-974-8255 you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Mostly cloudy and minus two in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Courtney Davidson. After days of devastating flooding and deadly landslides, British Columbia is bracing for more rain. Environment Canada says a second atmospheric river will bring heavy rains to B.C., this time pummeling the north coast. Rainfall amounts of up to 150 millimeters are expected for the Prince Rupert area by tomorrow morning. The storm is then expected to move south to already hard-hit regions. Two homes suffered extensive damage, making them unfit to return to after a fully engulfed house fire on Coach Hill Road southwest this morning. All occupants were able to safely evacuate the cause of the blaze is still unknown. An award-winning photojournalist and a documentary filmmaker are expected to appear in court tomorrow in Prince George, British Columbia. They were among the 15 people arrested Friday as Mounties moved to enforce an injunction 
barring protests from blocking an access road used by coastal gas link pipeline workers. A lawyer says freelance photojournalist Amber Bracken and documentary filmmaker Michael Toledano were arrested at the site near Houston, B.C. as they reported on the events. Global News SkyTracker weather, mostly cloudy today, getting up to 5. Relatively warm tonight, the temperature getting down to just 2. And then clouds giving away to sun on Monday and 12. It's minus 2, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news is at 11. I'm Courtney Davidson. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's Christmas destination. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we have Sheila on the line. Good morning, Sheila. Hi, Merle. Good morning. Hi. Hi, can I I help you? I have a question about uh, if there are any seeds that you can start uh, this time of year for uh, the crops coming up in the spring. I have raised reds, and I'm considering putting in some kale and spinach to get it started for the for the spring. Is that too soon, or what's what no, your thoughts? Right now is a great time to do that. Um, winter sowing for some of those early, early spring things. And I love when I get pictures from listeners uh, early, like in March and April. A lot of times they'll have the spinach coming up through the snow. It just looks awesome. It just looks, like, just looks nice and crisp green. And uh, so, yeah, absolutely. You can uh, you can definitely seed those kind of things right now. And we do okay. have we do have those seeds in stock right now too. Okay, so would it just seed them and forget about them? Would you want to yeah. water them or just leave them? No, alone? you just just leave them alone. Like sort of put them in, sow them into the soil, cover them up. Um, and if you get the odd snow, and if it's a drier, like do a little bit of snow farming on there. Throw a little okay. snow on there over the winter. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Especially in a raised bed because it's going to be quite dry. Yeah. <clears throat> so you might want to water the soil really good today and then maybe do the sowing tomorrow with the seeds. Um, let it dry out a little bit because you don't want to put it into soggy soil. But right. maybe give it, a, give it a good watering today. It's supposed to be warm today and then plus 10 tomorrow. So you'll be able to work the soil, um, so, sow them in and uh, cover them up, and then you should be good to go. Okay. That sounds fantastic. Thank you very much. All right, and uh, you got to send me some pictures and uh, of that spinach in the spring. I love seeing those. Absolutely, <laughs> will do. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye bye. All right, and I'm going to go. I got time. I'm going to go to Brenda. Good morning, Brenda. Hi. Morning. Hi there. How can I help you? Uh, two questions. I have a peace lily, beautiful, yep. uh, big white, um, the white oak flower. Yeah, but they're turning green now. Yeah, that's when they first come out. Did it did it come out and be white? Then it's turning green, or does it come out green? Typically, they come out green and then they turn white. No, they were beautifully white. I had about five as when I it was given to me. They were beautifully white, lasted a month or so, and they've all turned green now. There's a new white one coming. Yeah, but. Um, don't know if it's going to stay. Yeah, usually they'll well. they'll go like they might go. Typically, they they'll die off after that. They'll typically start shriveling up after they get really really white. Um, I have seen the green, and is it in a brighter light or is it you have it in a in a shadier room? Uh, 
it's facing uh, south, but there's an overhang. Well, there's a. a Ten foot ceiling over that south facing. It's in a corner, so it's south and east. Yeah, I don't think it's anything wrong with it. Are you able to text me a picture of it to the same phone number? I think and I I'm... did, um, but oh, I you already know. did. I okay. might have. Yes, yeah, if it got. Okay. I, I haven't seen it yet. I don't okay. believe. Um, okay. Yeah, no, I'll... I have. If you if you could send it to me, uh, it's something I wouldn't worry about though, because I have seen it. And I know there's a couple varieties, and I know one of them might have a bit more of that. The ones with the bigger leaves or the bigger blooms will go more green, and the smaller white ones typically just stay white. So, But just send me a quick picture if you could, and then okay. I'll see if I can uh, – I'll pass on what my thoughts are. Okay, and then you also recommended watering like tomorrow because it's going to get warm. But is the ground not too frozen on central Alberta? Nope. No, um, it shouldn't be. Um, the ground's still somewhat. We haven't had the minus ten for uh, ex extended periods of time, so that's why I always recommend using the soaker hose. That way, the water just soaks in nice and slowly into the ground, and uh, you should be totally fine. Okay, thanks. All righty. That picture. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Take care. Bye bye. bye, -bye. All right, and I got to uh, a share this one. I wish I could share the picture with everybody. Um, got to, and what does the text say? It says, I have to brag about my Scarlet Runner wall. All the heat in the water this summer became a full wall. Yeah, this wall has these Scarlet Runner beans in pot. Or actually, yeah, it looks like they're in pots. And then she has them growing up a trellis all over the side of the, of the garage. It is phenomenal. Like, it just, it looks... Absolutely stunning. And then she has an outdoor um, piece of art in the middle. So this this is a stunning, uh, stunning picture, and uh, it looks gorgeous. So anyways, and uh, I love you. you got your Dracaena that you've looks like you've kept them over a few years, and they become like a tropical plant also. Big cannabis. you got great fruit on your apples. Um, beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. I love seeing that. And uh, it, this looks uh, absolutely gorgeous. And I'm going to take a quick break. And when I get back, I'll chat with Monica. But if you'd also like to join me on the phone lines, they're wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And just uh, to answer, I did get the picture of the peacefully. And it's what I thought where I was heading is it's just too much light when I see the picture. And uh, it's right in the in a, in a bright window. The peacefully do prefer um, a lower light area. And uh, when the when they plant, when the blooms turn green, it just... It creates more photosynthesis and in the stronger light, and that that makes the green pigment come in the flowers show through. So, if you want it to stay pure white, just uh, let it uh, let it go into a bit more shade into a, a lower light room, um, and then you'll get the nice pure white ones. 
And I'm going to go to Monica. Good morning, Monica. Good morning. Um, I have a question regarding my anthurium. I have this anthurium inside of my house. It's okay. been about four years. The leaves have become a, a smaller with the time. They yeah. are not flourishing. And I am just afraid to replant in a bigger uh, what I what I would do it def, I I think it needs to get transplanted, um, so it just there's not enough nourishment in there. Probably needs fertilizer, and on something like that, you can feed it like a thirty ten ten or a fi- even a fifteen thirty fifteen. Oh, or um, but I would definitely probably need to get transplanted. It's just used up all its energy in the soil, and typically okay. you'll see that, and that that's when the leaves start getting smaller. It's just there's not enough in there to to keep it fulfilled. So oh. um, don't be afraid to transplant this time. Um, put some nice new soil in there and uh, put it into a bigger pot, and you'll see a big difference. Okay. Thank you so much. Yep, yep. You're totally I love welcome. Your th- thanks for calling in, Monica. I appreciate it a lot. Thank Take you. care. Bye bye. All right. And. Um, what else was I going to say here? Um, got a couple uh, comments on Brad's pronunciation of the of the of the Harry Woodpecker. It, not it's not a hoary woodpecker. So thank you for correcting us. And and Brad, uh, as soon as I mentioned that to him, he said absolutely. He was uh, just a little bit uh, uh, off on his pronunciation this morning, but we won't hold that against him. Brad's still a pretty good guy. So, anyways. Let's go to the phone lines. I'm going to go to Lauren. Good morning, Lauren. Hey there. How's it going? Good, good. How can I help you? Okay, uh, quick question. Um, I've got these elder box bugs uh, in my house. I get them every, yeah. almost every fall. Yeah. Got to get rid of them. <laughs> how do, how yeah. do I do such a thing? We have um, we have a couple sprays um, in the store right now that you can use. One's a kills. Um, and it has a bit of a residual that you can use on it, and you sort of spray the areas. They typically like to go up against where the warm areas are at first, and that's typically where they get in. Are they have they worked their way into your house? Yeah, we've uh, found the odd one on, on the bed. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they come out from there. And the stuff we there. have, yeah. it works for bed bugs as well. Um, and I don't, I just know we have it in an aerosol. I'm just sort of stumped on the exact name of it right now. Um, but we definitely have that in stock, and uh, I would definitely use an aer- aerosol rather than something mixed with water, so that way you're not spraying something like that in the house, and it just works a lot better. And it has a residual, so um, in the areas, obviously you want to spray it if kids are walking and stuff like that where the residual or, or dogs, but if you if you spray it in the cracks and crevices, and definitely on the warmer areas, you'll be totally fine. And I'll mention it. I'll just text um, Brad at the store to send me that the name of uh, of the spray I'm thinking of. Um, but it comes in an aerosol. It, it looks after about 20 different bugs, and uh, it will definitely look after that one. Okay, cool. Thanks. Yeah, we, we don't. There's no bugs or, or there's no uh, kids or animals in that here. So. Uh, but uh, yeah, like I said, it's every couple of years. Um, but they they like to you know hang out on the on the front of the house that faces uh, yeah. southwest, and yeah, they they get all warm, and then at night they tend to it's a it's about 50, 
it's about a 55 year old building. So there, you know, there's, there, there, there's going to be cracks to get in for sure. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're starting to show up on the bed and that here and there. And that's, that's not cool. No, so. No, not at all. All yeah, right. Sure. I'll, okay. I'll mention here in a bit. I'll just text Brad right now. So he'll, he'll send me the name and then I'll say it on air here. Okay. Thanks very much. All right. Thank all right. you. Bye bye. Thanks, Lauren. You too. Yeah, it is. And that's sort of what, what happens when we get in those, uh, they love those little warm spots and, and things like that. So hopefully we can get that looked after for him. And again, if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open. You can call us at 403-974-8255. I'm going to go to Maria. Good morning, Maria. Hello. Can you hear me? Absolutely. How can I help you? I am looking at the city's green ash tree in my front yard. We've got them all along the street. Every every other tree has dropped all its leaves. Mine has dropped enough that I've cleaned my gutters twice, but it's still got a ton of seed on it. I don't like those torpedo missiles like <laughs> Yeah. I want to know, A, why is my tree hanging on to its seeds? And what can I do to reduce the seeds? It's There's, a lot of work yanking them before they get so deep rooted. They're they. I've got saplings through my backyard, big backyard. So I, I would just um, what it is when they get stressed out, they they produce more seed because they think they're in in danger of dying. So. Um, watering the tree a little bit more, helping out. Like I was chatting with that earlier caller about being a good neighbor to our trees, giving them some extra water, um, even fertilizing them. If they're on your lot, look after them, um, add some of that. It's just when those get stressed out like that, they'll start producing way more seed because they think they need to reproduce, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, that's what I would I would recommend. Other than that, those trees do produce that seed, and it's kind of a normal um, everyday thing. But if you do try to keep... Um, the health of it up, it's going to produce a lot less because it doesn't feel it's in danger, so it doesn't need to reproduce. And do you know of any device or method for removing those seeds? They're difficult to rake. Yeah, I would just... um, They are difficult to rake. You could get one of those... A lot of those leaf blowers have the reverse vacuum, or if you have a shop vac... You could get out there and just use your shop back and 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 uh, and suck them up that way, and uh, I've seen people do that. Okay. Or a blower, blow them into into a pile a little bit easier, and and do it that way. It it's yeah, that's all I would kind of recommend. I think. Okay, thank you. You must have a lot. <laughs> oh, and there's a lot still on the tree. Holy cow! Yeah. And I watered it. I actually watered okay. it. I thought. Okay, I- good. Yeah, just make sure, you, like, even give it like every couple of weeks, give it a really good shot of water, because those green ash and those those box elders, they they tend to be they lose their leaves first, and they're one of the last to get their leaves. But if you give it some good watering early spring before it leaves out, that'll ensure that it thinks it's healthy. If it goes into summer, uh, feeling um, threatened, it'll start producing a bunch of seed at that time. Did so, they have a lifespan? Could this be an indication? Yeah, they do, um, but it, it's quite a long time. They can go for a long time. Like they can go 50, 60 years easy. Well, so. it's got to be 50, 
five years old because that's how old my house is. My house yeah. is not. It's probably a seven-year-old tree. Yeah, those trees can go on a long time, especially. And if it's getting that big, that's definitely why it's um, producing a lot more seed as well because it, it definitely needs more water as it gets older. So Okay. All righty. All righty. Thank you. Thanks, Maria. Have a good one. Bye-bye. All right, and I'm going to take my last break of the day. Um, if you want to join me for the last, should be able to squeeze in a couple of callers, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Ro Coombs, and uh, back to the earlier caller, Lauren, who is wondering about those uh, box elder bugs? It's a product called Knockdown Kills All, uh, one solution multi insect killer, twenty two in one. It's a great, um, it's a great product for for a lot of those things like ants, spiders, cockroaches, etc. And uh, hopefully that should be able to help you out. Right now I'm going to go to the phone line. I'm going to go to Matt. Good morning, Matt. Hi. Hey, how can I help you? A quick question about pruning spireas and potentillas. Can I prune them back now? Absolutely. Okay. Um, are you? Are they really kind of just old and ratty looking, or are you just trying to even them up a bit? I'm going to even them up because I have cut them down before, right down to the bottom, and I've yeah. got I've got good growth. And I, but I'd like just to trim them back a little bit. Yeah. I, okay. If you're just doing that, it's. I would even wait till early spring, like wait till oh. like March or April, because oh. then that oh. way, if you don't get any winter dieback, you're not yeah. going to you're not opening it up. So that way, if you get a little bit of dieback, it's going to be on the existing. Okay. Um, and then you can potentillas respond very well to that early spring pruning. You just oh. give them a little shaping in the spring. Oh, okay. Potentillas love that, and you'll get way more blooms that way as well. Oh, okay. So you say about March. Yeah, March, April. March, April. Yeah, yep. absolutely. And same okay. with the spirea. Just give them a little touch up at that time, sure. early spring, and yep. then they'll just they'll respond really, really good for you. Okay. One other question. Last year, you told me to cut down my mock orange that I had. It was about a forty-year-old tree, and yeah. it was he wasn't producing well flower-wise. So I cut it right back, and I got all kinds of new growth, which is about three feet tall. Should, should I do anything to that new growth right now, or just let nope. it grow? Just okay. let that grow, and okay. same thing early, early in the, those ones you want to leave. So what I would do is ensure that because it's going to be a big old tree too. Make sure you give it a really good watering this fall, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then next spring give yeah. it a shot of fifteen, thirty, fifteen, and on the second year wood like you have now, so you should start seeing blooms again. Yeah, okay. And that's one of my favorite ones because it's one of the few shrubs that actually you get some fragrance from it. They oh, almost yeah. smell like it, you get some of that orange fragrance from them. It's so. like perfume. Yeah, it's gorgeous. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. Thank you so much, Matt. Thanks for Enjoy calling. Enjoy your show. Thank Bye. you. I enjoy Bye. doing it. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. And a couple of quick little things um, I just wanted to mention. I um, pruned my uh, lemon tree back after bringing it inside. And uh, I mentioned there a couple of weeks ago it dried out and some of the leaves went crispy. So I cleaned it all up, watered it really well. Now it's just starting to leaf out, send all kinds of blooms. But if you get your lemon trees and that blooming in the wintertime without being outside, you're going to have to help it with that cross-pollination. So if you just get yourself a, a tiny little really soft-haired um, paintbrush and then just, just jab it in and, 
and stir it around the bloom so you so you pollinate the stamen on there and get it all mixed up. And uh, you can go from bloom to bloom if you like, and but you just want to get that all touching in there and get that happening to get the fruit um, established um, throughout the winter time. So hopefully that helps you out. And if you're looking at doing any of that, if you get lots of blooms, this is the time of year when you'll get lots of that as well. And what else I got going? Um, I think that's going to be about it. Like I said, Christmas trees are arriving this week. Um, and our thoughts are with all our friends to the to the west of us out in BC. Hopefully they're getting through this. Um, a lot of the greens are coming in. So get out, water your trees. Give your, your tender evergreens a little shot of that. will prove like we chatted. And until next week, we'll get our garden on right here on 770-CHQR. Cloudy and zero in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Courtney Davidson. Environment Canada is warning that another rainstorm is headed for British Columbia's north coast. The national forecaster says a second atmospheric river will bring heavy rains to the province for a second weekend in a row. Laurie Paris reports. As much as 150 millimeters of rain could fall on the Prince Rupert area by tomorrow morning, while 30 to 60 millimeters is forecast for Haida Gwaii. The storm is then expected to move south to already hard-hit regions later on Monday and into Tuesday. 